Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. Let's look at God's counsel, what God wants us to, 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 to think on today. I want to start by saying this. Please hear me and hear me. If you forget anything but this one, do not forget this very particular statement. God wants you rested. Do you know why? Because the rested life is actually what the whole thing from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible. We could actually see God trying to intervene in every facet where he wants his children to actually find rest. And it's the same rest that currently I want to bring before your table, to bring before your counsel. For those of you who know the title of what I will be addressing this very particular moment is a title that I have tagged. You don't need more, you need less. I know you want to say, but no, I need more blessing, I need more promotion, I need more increase, I need more finances, I need, I need more of everything. No, you don't need more, you need less. You see, circumstances may come along our way that will want to make us feel as if we need more of some certain grace for us to be able to pull off those very particular circumstances, or we need more of, of, or more of God's power, God's anointing, God's, God's help. Do you know the thing about it is the fact that the day you gave your life to Christ, everything and all that you will ever need was wrapped together and was placed on the inside of you. And so because of that, I am here to definitely give you counsel from the Holy Spirit, counsel from the throne of heaven to say to you today, you don't need more but you need less. In this very particular thing that I want to say, I would like to take this very particular story from the place of Noah. We understand with Noah. When Noah went into his own lockdown for 40 days, that was what was actually said in the Bible. Do you notice that with Noah's story, it was not actually 40 days, it was actually 150 days. But between the 40 day to the 150 day, do you know the kind of pain and the kind of trouble, the kind of anxiety, the fear? Are we going to come out of this very particular lockdown? Are we this very particular rain that is raining now? Is it going to stop? That was a lot of thoughts that was going through in the minds of Noah. But at the end of it all, regardless of the extra days, Noah still find himself celebrating God at the end of the 150 days. And so whatever you're going through currently now, it may look as if you find this pandemic is here to really pan you down to the point that you can't even find your feet. But I wanted to understand that this very particular pandemic, it will pass. Whatever you've lost. See, I am not happy that you've lost a lot of stuff. I'm not happy at all. I wish I can help you for you not to lose anything. But this is life. We are here on earth as a believer. The Bible makes us to understand that we are in this world, but we are not from this world. We operate in the dimensions that is bigger than this place, but because we are limited in time and we have factors that determines how our life needs to, to be governed here. For instance, with the church, those of you who are currently streaming, watching us now, it is because the church, uh, the, the church is, is being governed at the moment. It's being jurisdicted by the government to the point that it's only 50 people that can be allowed. And a lot of churches cannot even do that. Some of us, especially us as platform church we value your life and that's why we've decided to say let's do it online stay at home and stay blessed god can still meet you in that very particular place but with it we will still come back it may be a different dimension but it's going to be a dimension that will bless you before we before we actually go deep into some of the uh, points that i want us to consider i want us to look at a particular scripture that i'll be driving my point into in the book of first peter chapter one 
from verse 3 to verse 7. First Peter chapter 1. Oh, let's look at what the Bible is saying there. First Peter chapter 1 from verse 3 to verse 7. I'll be reading from the King James Version. The Bible says here, He said, Blessed be God and Father, I'm sorry, um, blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. He says, To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that the that that faded not away reserved in heaven for you i'll focus on that verse 4 it says to an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled that is faded not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of god through the faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last day do you hear what the scripture is saying? In verse 6, the Bible says here, it says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, true now, for a season, if need be, you are in heaven through the manifold temptation. Which means in the place of the pain in which you are going through, this scripture is making us to understand that you are still having, having an heavenly experience. I want you to know something here. Now, one of the things in which God wanted you to understand is the fact that your inheritance has been made available in Christ Jesus. It may look as if you've lost a lot of stuff at this very particular moment. See, you You've not lost anything as far as your faith is still in check, as far as your faith is still resting in God. Nothing is missing. And let me say something to you at this very particular point. This very particular scripture here says, it said to an inheritance that is in heavenly places. And do you know something? When Christ came, I remember I posted it on my Facebook. I said, Christ, Jesus Christ did not come to give us religion, but he came to give us the kingdom. He brought the kingdom down. And that very particular kingdom is resident on the inside of you. But there are stuff in which we need to do for us to be able to pull this very particular mystery, to pull this very particular happening so that we can then begin to enjoy this regardless of what is happening. Oh, I remember a friend of mine called me and said, all of a sudden he was bugged and his house, a lot of his stuff was moved and gone. I said to him, I said, I hear it is not the fact that God is punishing you. No, it is not a sin in which you've committed and so because of that God is angry, is doing all these things. See, there are wicked people. There are people who are hungry at this very particular moment and so because of that they will do stuff. And so calm down. Stay rested knowing to all that everything and all that you ever need to live, ever need to enjoy has been given in Christ Jesus for you. See, I want you to understand something that God has your blessing reserved, cooling in heaven but now we need to find a way on how to bring that heaven. Like I said, the heaven is here. How do we then begin to pull this very particular heaven so that we begin to enjoy it, even in the place of this very particular pandemic? You see, before we begin to look into some of this very particular interesting point that I want to put on the table here, I like saying this, and I want to say to, to you believers watching me this very particular moment, is to say this to you. See, this is one of the things I need you to understand is the fact that we are from the God class. And this is one thing about the God class. We're not afraid of challenges. I'll give an example very well so that you can see that even the father where you come from, the father, his systems of technology, his system, which is a system and his process, is not afraid of anything. Do you know that when God was creating this very particular air, the Bible says darkness was upon the face of the deep, but yet the spirit of the Lord moved. The Spirit of the Lord moved to the point that regardless of the darkness and regardless of the fact that even what's called Lucifer was on earth then, God was not intimidated, of, I mean, intimidated by Lucifer. He still created the earth. He still find a way of creating you. That's the God that is on the inside of us. Where he can walk with you, even though you have five blood, but yet you can still carry a baby. Even though the doctor has diagnosed you to say, okay, fine, you have a blood cancer, but yet you can still live bigger than, live bigger, live longer. The doctor might have said to you that, no, 
you have HIV AIDS. I come to I came to make you understand now at this very particular point that regardless of what is available, there is a voice of God that is saying to you that you can pull through, you can come out successful. See, and uh, before 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 we look into this very particular thing, I would like us to look at another scripture again because after reading this very particular scripture, I'll be diving into all the principle and the precept which we need to engage to know that you really don't need more, you just need less. And I know you're asking. Pastor Darlington, you've been talking about this more. I mean, you've been talking about this less. Less of what? I don't understand, but don't, don't, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back this moment. Even myself too, I am, I am feeling the God moment here. But at this very particular point, let's look at what's a computer. Let's, what's a computer is saying? Let me quickly go there. Computer. Let's look at what's a computer is saying. And it's a computer chapter one. Uh, second Peter chapter one from verse two to verse four. Second Peter one, two to verse four. The Bible says here, yeah, it says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. You see, according to his divine power, had it given us all things that pertains to life and to godliness through the knowledge of him that had called you Called, I mean, called us to glory and virtue. Now, verse 4, this is where it becomes interesting. He said, whereby, whereby are we giving us exceeding great and precious promise, that by this ye might be the partaker of the divine nature. He said, by this, which means it has been given to us, and our understanding by this, we now, take, we now become a divine partaker of his nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world. True lust. You see, the, the verse 2 here says, it says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. I want to explain this very particular thing. You see, when it comes to the concept of grace and peace, I hear people say, no, I need more grace. I need more grace to be able to do this. I need more grace for, for my finances. I need more grace for this. See, every grace that you, be, you need to run your life has been given to you as far, as long as you are a Christian, you are a born-again Christian, you confess Jesus Christ as a Lord and personal Savior, everything of God is resting on your inside right now. I know you will say, but darling, this is heavy. I just gave my life to Christ two days ago, or I, 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 give, my, I give my life to Christ a few minutes ago. See, I hear you. I know it's difficult for you to comprehend, but the truth of it is the fact that the moment you say yes to God, all of God, decided to reside on the inside of you. And so because of that, that very particular scripture here, which says grace and peace be multiplied. Now, this is the caveat here that I need you to understand. This is where the thing, it says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God, which means it is your understanding of God that you begin to see that, okay, every new level, you now begin to get grace for that new level. So because of that, for instance, maybe now currently now you're struggling with your finance. For the billions you are expecting, is on the inside of you. You have to wake up to the knowledge and the understanding on how to pull that, 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 that billion that is already sitting on the inside of you until you begin to pull out what is here. So when that scripture says grace and peace be multiplied, it is not saying that God will now come again and be multiplying something. No, no, no. It is your understanding of him. When you know him at a particular dimension, Grace begins to multiply. When you know him that is the God that can meet you at your desperate corner, the grace for that very particular point that is on the inside of you begins to pull out. And so that very particular place, they say grace and peace be multiplied. But the caveat there is by the knowledge, which means ability for you to know God. If you want to know him in the place of your finances, you need to study, look for materials that can help you pull out finance from your spirit man. The moment you give your life to Christ, the fullness of him, according to the book of Colossians, the fullness of the Godhead, which is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're already resting on the inside of you. So I want you to understand that. When it comes to this very particular thing, God is not holding anything from you. 
He's not holding your marriage. He's not holding your family. I know that a few minutes ago we prayed concerning people who were abusing stuff. Those very particular things, those are not the act of God. It is not God trying to punish you. It is just the fact that we live in a corruptible world. People are just wicked. People are wicked. We have a devil that has no loyalty to anything. And yet... We also live in a place whereby we live in an earth that has a time zone. So that these three factors also determine what happens. But this is the thing that we know. First John 5, 4 says that we over, that, that from our testimony, from the words of our testimony, we've overcome the world. Overcoming has been given to us. But we now need to wake up to that very particular understanding. And now this is the thing I want you to understand here. The Bible says that in verse 3 of this very particular scripture, it says, according to his divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertains to life and to godliness. All things means all things. That Bentley you want to buy, it has been given. That woman that you want to marry that you feel as if you don't have the finance for you to pay the Lobola, it has been given. For those who are streaming currently outside of the country, Lobola means bright price. And so everything that you will need to live your life, it has been given to you. So if God has given it to you, what then do we need to do? For us to begin to take hold of that very particular thing. I like this very particular example. I like using it all the time with my wife. And I said to her, I said, it's, it's so funny when somebody, so you, you're crying for a gift. For example, let's say you're crying for a gift for a car. And this very particular person, buy the car, put the car in your garage. The car is your garage. The key is in your hand. But yet you are still asking, I need, I need, I need a car. And the person is wondering, and this one, but the car is in your house. It's parked in your garage. The key is in your hand. No, do you know that your own part needs to be played? And that's exactly where we Christians, we, we miss it. We keep asking, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. I need the job and stuff. But the question there is the fact that, have you ever taken out the time for you to even submit your CV? Your part had to be played in it. The gift has been given to you. If he says in verse 3, that by his divine power, had he given us all things. If all things has been given... Our job is to open the package, open that. See, you can, God can give you a gift, or I can't come and give you a gift. All of a sudden, now you want me to come and open the gift for you. Ah, ah, what's your problem? Open the gift. So the responsibility on how to open this very particular gift that we're talking about today, whereby I say you don't need more, you only need less. Let's see what you what this, this very particular less. Let's see the less that we need to be able to communicate at this very particular point in time. And so let's look at it. I said, I think one of the things I put here, I say, until you are waking to what has been made available to you, your struggle continues. And this is a funny thing. Until you are waking of what has been given to you, your struggle still continues. And you see the funny thing here also. The place in which you don't know how to handle. If you don't know how to handle your marriage, your finance, your business, your career, wherever you are, wherever God has called you to function into, you don't know how to handle it properly, in the light of the knowledge of God's word, you will bleed. Because why? The devil will take advantage. He will want to come and run. And you'll be looking at it and you'll be thinking that, no, but I'm doing all my possible best for me to pull this, but I'm not coming out of it. It is because why? You are not awakened to the fact that everything is currently now in your hand and like i said to you you don't need more faith you don't need more grace you need less of that negativity you need less of that very particular fear let's look at the book of second corinthians chapter 12. second corinthians chapter 12 i'll try to be fast so as to make sure that i'll be able to cover some of this in second corinthians chapter 12. oh father uh, father i feel your grace i feel your grace this morning second corinthians chapter 12 and from verse 7 to verse 10, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 verse to 10, it says, this is what the Bible says. It says, unless I should be exalted above measure, though the abundance of the revelation that was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan buffeted me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For these things I besought of the Lord 
three times that it may depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Do you know what Paul the Apostle was saying here? I just want to pause Paul, Paul the Apostle was saying here that the grace of God, that, that the grace of God is sufficient for him. Paul at that very particular point was going through a lot of trouble, was going through attacks because of his, of his newfound faith and the works in which he was doing. The, 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 the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they hated him and so because of that, anywhere Paul goes into, all of a sudden attack comes to Paul. And so because of that, he was now at a particular point, he was even beaten, he was sick in his body and co. And so he needed grace to be able to run his life and he was asking God, God help me and stuff. And this is the response God said to him. He said, my grace that you already have on the inside of you is sufficient. And when Paul, eyes were opened on that conversation, if you notice, there was no point again in the scripture where Paul prayed for more grace. And that's why I say to you this very particular moment, you don't need more. You just need to be awakened to what has been given to you. And what I, one of the things I said to him, you don't need more faith. You need less of the fear. You need less of that fear. You know one thing in the book of First John chapter 4, verse 18, the Bible says fear is a torment. Fear is a torment. The reason why you are sitting currently now and you don't know what to do is because you've loaded your mind with fear. Ability for you to pull your mind out of that very particular fear. Now that's, that, for the fact that the fear is bigger, maybe that's the reason why you, are, you think that you need more grace. No, you need less of that fear. And also another thing also you don't need. You don't need, you don't need more faith. You need less of unbelief. Matthew chapter 13, verse 58. And I also find it also in the book of Luke chapter 1, verse 45. The Bible because to understand that it is because of the unbelief of even Jesus' own family, he could not wrought miracle. Maybe the miracle you are actually looking for, that very particular breakthrough you are expecting God to come and do. The breakthrough is there looking, looking for you. You are the one thinking that you're looking for the breakthrough, but the breakthrough is looking for you. But your unbelief is blocking you from having access to that very particular grace. Another thing also we don't need, you don't need more of it, but you need less of it. Oh, worry. You need to reduce your worry. See, this pandemic will make you want to feel as if you want to kill yourself. Oh, especially the fact when this coronavirus thing happens. I remember the first day me and my wife went to the mall to go and buy. Even myself as a pastor, I was thinking, is rapture about to take place? Because the way everybody was loading stuff in their house, I was worried. All of a sudden, now, it's almost 50-something days, if I'm not mistaken, and life is back to normal. This is a funny thing. I remember when this pandemic happened. Me and my wife went to the store to go and get a um, few stuff to just put in the house. And so by the time we got there, the way the mall was so full, people were so scared. I thought that rapture is about to take place. It was, it was so worrying for me to the point that <laughs> I remember me and my wife... <laughs> For the first two weeks, we're like, okay, every time, for me, I, I, I did that. I don't know about my wife, but I did that. I open window, I'm like, okay, so people are still alive. It's okay. I remember even the dogs in my compound, they were not seeing anything. The cat was not crying. I'm like, hey, this thing, what's going on? But you know why? At a particular point, I had to say to myself, Darlington, calm down, eh? it's coronavirus. You have the blood of God on the inside of you. So no matter what happened, you cannot get this very particular virus. Why am I saying this? See, when worry creeps in, worry will make you go a wire to the point that you will lose your sanity. And you see the funny thing, God needs your mind to work in this very particular period. He needs your mind to work. He wants to work with you, but when you put worry as a barricade, he has nothing. He doesn't, he, he doesn't know how to, how to navigate because mind you, your will, your will with, to God is what he needs to rot out miracle. 
I'll repeat it again. Your will to God, say, God, I give you my will, is what he needs to rot out miracle. If you don't give him the will, if you are trading fear, you are trading worry, you are trading anxiety, you are trading unbelief, when you put all these factors in front, there is nothing God can do. Because why? You've actually just moved yourself from the camp of faith into the camp of fear. And there is a king that rules in that very particular place. His name is called the devil. Oh, the Bible because to understand the book of John 10.10. 10. It said, for the thief commit not, but to come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What? The stealing there is the fact that he wants to steal your faith with unbelief, with fear, with anxious, or probably with worry. But this is one of the things which we understand in Christ Jesus. He said, I have come that you might have life. Like how we say it in Platform Church. He said, Christ has come that we may stay rested, knowing too well. That like 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 my people like saying it in my country at all at all nine bad pass. We stay settled, knowing too well that we're not moved, no shaking. Why? Because we know that Christ is already on the inside of us. And so the rested life is a reality for us. I want you to put your hand on your chest and say to yourself today, if you're sitting with your friends and your loved ones, say to them, the rested life is a reality for you. Oh, say it one more time. The rested life is a reality for you. You see when you have this understanding locked in your mind, no matter what is happening, you stay rested. You stay focused, knowing too well that this one, it's common. Oh, it's common. Nothing is going to... And this is one of the things that the devil just wants to use to steal my fear, to steal the opportunities that we God have for me. Because he said the thing that the moment the devil succeeded in stealing, the next phase of this devil is to kill. And after killing, is to destroy. See, the truth of it is the whole thing. The reason why the heaven and hell, they are all fighting, they are fighting for one thing. They are fighting for your soul. They are not fighting for the car, like really. God does not need your car. The devil does not drive car. What, what is his business? So all of a sudden, because your car is sticking or your house is repossessed, all of a sudden, you know, you're losing your mind. No, that's not the business of the devil. The devil wants to steal, to kill and destroy. If he can get your soul, that's all his target. This is where for we as platform, we still say one more time, the rested life is what we breed. We know too well that as long as our mind is rested in God, this challenge will pass. Now let's look at some of the points that we need to consider when we have to deal with. I believe the, the things we need to put on the table for us to begin to shut down the fear, or probably for us to begin to make that very particular more to become less. Whether you have more fear, more anxious, I mean, you are, you are so anxious of the things that's gonna happen, you're worried, your unbelief is very high. Now let's look at what do we need to do for us to be able to pull this reality. I say it here, I said, how do I ensure that I stay in what God has given to me? Remember the scripture for today, which is the book of 1 Peter, whereby the Bible calls to understand that he has given us all things that pertains to life and to godliness. When I mean pertains to life and to godliness, I promise you everything that life has to offer. I remember when this very particular recording was happening, I was saying to, 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 the, to the camera crew, and I said to him, I said, um, this, this is one of the things that God has given us everything for us to enjoy, but we Christians, we are so afraid of enjoying those benefits to the point that everything, I remember a pastor was talking to me, he's like, darling, I don't understand. This artificial intelligence thing, artificial intelligence means antichrist intelligence. Remember, I'm thinking, what the, where are you coming up with all these philosophies and stuff? I'm like, see, calm down. Artificial intelligence, I remember, um, the, the, the gentleman that, that is currently now sitting behind the production, he was saying something. He said, even the phone in which you're using as artificial intelligence there, when you look at your screen, currently even the camera I'm looking at now, there's an artificial intelligence that is making sure that at least the background is looking good, the light and everything. So I don't understand how artificial intelligence is now turned to antichrist intelligence. 
calm down, stay rested. I remember he said something that made me laugh. He said, even your, your fingerprint you put on that very particular thing, that's an artificial intelligence that is locked into. And I was laughing. I'm like, okay, at least my own, I was looking at it from the media point. But at least now I remember that I've done a lot of fingerprint. So there's artificial intelligence here. So calm down. There is no antichrist. Life is in phases. This is a new phase. Let's begin to learn on how to adapt. Let's not trade fear. Let's not trade worry. Let's not trade anxiety. Let's not trade stuff that will make the devil has power, I mean, have power over us. But let's look at some of the things in which we, we need to do as we begin to bring this very particular point to a close. Number one here, in the book of 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 4, this is the story of that very particular widow who... Apparently, um, she lost her husband and she was with her son and she went to meet this very particular prophet and she said to the prophet that the only thing in which I have is just a little oil and stuff. And this is what the prophet said that was very interesting for me. Okay, let's, let's, let's look at it because I actually wanted to just give a story around it so that you can see, uh, when, before we mention the point, so that you can see how Second Kick chapter 4 from verse 1 to verse 4, 2 Kick 4, 1 to verse 4. Now the Bible says here, it says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the son of the prophet unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. He said, And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be a bondman. And Elisha said unto the woman, What shall I do for thee? Tell me. What had thou in your hand? And she said, Thine handmaid had not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow the vessels abroad and from your neighbors. And, and sorry, he says, Okay, he said, Then he said unto him, Go borrow the vessels abroad from your neighbors, even thy vessels borrow not a few. He said, And when thou have come into thy house, he said, Shut the door upon thee and upon thy son. And shall pour, say, and you shall pour out all into those very particular verses, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. What is this very particular scripture trying to make us to understand here? That this woman went to meet a prophet and said to prophet, my husband is dead. And you know my husband served the Lord. My husband was a prophet. He, he was serving under you. And now these very particular things in which we owe, people are coming to collect it from, and they also want to take my son. And this is a funny thing. God will always work with what is in your hand. The prophet asked the woman and said, what is in your hand? She actually first and foremost said nothing. Because why? Fear, the fear of, they are coming to take my child. They are coming to, fear will have a way of blocking the process for your, your mind from, from thinking process, from thinking system, from thinking solution. Fear has a way of locking. That's why I say you don't need more of it. You don't need more faith. You don't need more miracles, more prophecy. More, no, no, no. You just need less of all those things that is stopping you from realizing what is here. And when the prophet said to her, since you say you have an oil, go borrow. Borrow more empty jerry cans, like we call it in our country, empty kegs. And when you borrow, point number one that I want to mention here, the, the, the man says, shut the door. Why do you need to shut the door, point number one? You need to shut the door because when the voices of people are coming and they are telling you stuff, that this very particular thing that you want to do, it will kill you. This very particular business you want to go and engage will not prosper. This very Don't you see that the pandemic is currently happening? If you decide to go into this very particular thing and don't wait for the pandemic to be over, your business will not... Shut the door. The door of people telling you whatever, anybody that has... This is one of the things which I like saying. Anybody that has your ear... They have your heart. If they can get to your ear, they can get to your heart. And if they can sit in your heart, forget it. They can drive you anywhere. 
Shut the door. Shut the door of the naysayer. Shut the door of the fear. Shut the door of the person who says that you can never amount to anything. Even though it's your love, your ex look at you and said, since you decided to divorce me, nothing good can come out of you. Shut the door. You may be sitting and say, okay, fine. I don't know how to come out of this very particular thing. And this very particular thing is going to kill me. Whatever is sponsoring that very particular conversation, shut the door. You need to shut the door. See, it is your responsibility. If you notice what the prophet said to the woman, he said, shut the door. And also make sure that the door is also shut from your son. Because why? Because your heart is in your son. The possibility that they may use your son to come and get to you. My question I want to ask you today. Who is that channel that the devil is using to get to your heart? It is time for you to shut that door. You need to sit down after this message is over. Do a visibility study of your life and look. Who are the people that is around my space that is sponsoring, that is that is bringing fear, sponsoring pain, sponsoring anger, sponsoring unnecessary stuff that I don't need. It is time to shut the door. One thing I want you to understand here is the fact that when those doors, they keep, the, those doors are open because some of those doors, trust me, they can even be your family members. They can be your loved ones. It can be your wife. I'm not saying now shut the door and chase your wife away, no. But ability for you to begin to program your wife and to make to program your wife and your loved one for them to begin to see that now that the Lord, that Christ is resting on the inside, I need to be awakened. That I don't need more of miracle, more grace, more prophecy. I just need to begin to work out the more. I mean, the, the things in which God has given to me, the free power, the life, the, the, the goodness in which God has, been, has given to me via his mercy through his son. But you know what? You need to shut the door. Point number two that we're going to look into. Point number two here. Oh, <laughs> you need to shut your mouth. I know you will say, okay, so after shutting the door, I have to shut my mouth again. Yes, you need to shut your mouth. The Bible may cause to understand in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. We understand that very particular scripture very well. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. And you will definitely get what you say with your, with your words. And so, be careful what you say with your word this season. To you, it looks like a lockdown. There are majority of people, even in this lockdown, they are still making money. Even with the fact, I remember I was, I, was, I was reading a particular article. Currently now, in China, they've produced almost close to about 10 billionaires. And funny enough, these are not guys that are doing, that are developing face masks or whatever. These, these, these very particular billionaires, they spread across and every day China produces a billionaire. And I was shocked in my mind. I'm like, even in this, America currently also, they've produced almost close to about 20 billionaires. Yet, we are in lockdown. They are still making money. What am I saying? Shut your mouth. Begin to tell yourself. If you want to even open your mouth, open your mouth and begin to prophesy good things. The Bible says life and death, it's in your tongue. Anything you say, when you get it, then don't complain. If you say, I am finished and you are literally finished, why are you complaining? No. Bless yourself. You open, you, you wake up in the morning, the first thing you say, I am blessed of the Lord. For the fullness of the God that dwells in me bodily. As I go out today, will favor follow me. People lose themselves to help me. You program your day. Why? Shut your mouth from the negativity, but open your voice, open your mouth for the positive experience you want to see. See, you'll be so shocked. You think words don't have power? Try tell somebody I will kill you and see the response that you will do. Mind you, 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 you don't even have the knife or the gun. Just by you saying, if I catch you, I will kill you. You will, you will be so shocked the intelligence that very particular person will put to make sure that your word did not come to pass. So your words carry power. For you to know how words carry power. Sometimes it is just words that make couples to separate. Not even the, the abuse or whatever. Just words. Just like, are you crazy? 
or you look like your mother, or your hair look like your father. That just that statement, before you know what's going on, ah, is a boiling point. Your words carry power. Shut your mouth. Point number three that I want to mention here. Locate what is written. Locate what is, you see this very particular season? This is a season where you need to sit down and look and locate from the scripture what is written for me. You know, the Bible, the Bible is a manual that God has given to every believer. Every believer, you will find your path. I remember when we were about to go into ministry full time and I said to God, I said, God, I need, I need, I need, I need to know what you want me to do. And he said something to me, say, go to my world. Your path is there. And when I went there, I saw it. I knew that the rested life is what he wanted me to say. And I stay in it because why? I locate it from the scripture. You wake me up 2 a.m. Even when the cats are not even saying anything to talk to me about rested life, I will engage you. Why? Because I have decided to stay with the world. Because why? That is where I find my safety. My safety, my directions, my high flight, everything in which I am doing, I found them in the world. Your next breakthrough, trust me, is not in that person that you want to seek favor from, is in the world. Is in the world. The Bible says, in the beginning was the world. If everything that you see today was formed from word, even God Himself, He said, My word, I will honor. So you, you can't go and meet God and want to negotiate from feelings and emotions. No. He understands his word. And the angels are there to make sure that the intelligence, to make sure that the word come to pass, is factored into. And so because of that, nothing should stop you from not engaging or locating what is written in the Bible concerning your life. He said to Joshua, study to show thyself approved. Joshua 1.8. Do you notice it says, study to show yourself approved, Joshua. He wasn't saying that, okay, Joshua, study to go and make people see that, yes, you know the scripture, you know how to quote. See, you can quote scripture from here to heaven. If the understanding and the revelation does not come from your inside, the devil will still beat you. He will still. I've seen a lot of Christians, whereby they speak in tongues, quote scripture from Genesis to Revelation, and yet they live a life where you wonder, ah. See, quoting scriptures, I'm not saying quoting scriptures is not good, but quote your scripture from the position from the position of your inner man. It's a revelation in which you found it has now become your slingshot. Locate what is written. Another thing also I want us to understand that to deal with the devil, Jesus used what is written. When he was on the mountaintop, after he finishes his fasting and prayer, the Bible says every temptation of the devil throat for Jesus. Jesus only responds, for it is written, for it is written, for it is written. Concerning that life you want to live, do you have your own for it is written? If you cannot find your own for it is written, please, I beg you, after this very particular service is over, sit down and locate what is written concerning your life. Let's look at point number four. Point number four, which is very important here, and trust me, it's very important, is locate, I call it locate your mate, or you may want to say the power of agreement. The power of agreement. The Bible says, where two or three shall touch anything, so it shall be established for them. Where two or three. See, sometimes I know that it is good for you to have your quiet time, to pray, to fast, to do everything. But it is also more blessed for you to know that you have somebody who is standing for you. For you to understand this very particular thing. In the book of 2 Kings chapter 4, when the woman want to go, when the woman was going inside her door, do you notice what the prophet said to the woman? He said, go with your son. 
Which means as far as you and your son is there, in case if you forget what I've said to you, your son will remind you. That's what the power of agreement does. So that in case you commit this, is okay, I'm believing God for the fruit of the womb. You have somebody that you have an agreement with. Somebody you know that has a faith, a God kind of faith. So that when your mind begins to shake and you feel like, okay, fear is coming, they remind you, hey, we are rich in Christ Jesus. We have all. The Bible said, no shall be buried in our, I mean, no shall be buried, buried in our land. Those very particular things, that's why you need to locate your mate. When I mean the word locate your mate, I'm looking, I'm saying the word, people whereby you know that you guys operate on the same faith, the same pedestal, the same understanding, where by the time you feel like, okay, you are about to go down, they can pull you back again. Locate your mate. And also I want you to understand something, that for Mary to be able to give back to Jesus, it was something that was not easy. Mary's mind could not comprehend it in full. But because Mary understood, I mean the angels understood and they said to Mary, go and meet Elizabeth. And when Mary decided to go see Elizabeth, all of a sudden the Bible says when the two of them come together, there was a force that made the babies in your womb to just leap. There is something about the power of agreement. There is something about when you find someone who can join, who can believe you, who can believe, I mean, believe God for something for you. And trust me, we as Platform Church currently, I don't know what you are going through, but you need someone to agree with you. Please reach out. Reach out. We may not be able to touch everybody's life, but as far as you can stretch your hand and say, we need help, we can also find a way of extending. One of our pastors who are available and our leaders, they'll be definitely be there to talk to you, but you need someone to agree with you. Sometimes life can be very weighty. You need someone to hold you. Someone to be able to say, I don't know how to come out of this. I need your help. I need your help. And they will be there to guide you. Please and please, I want you to understand something. That your agreement with whatever you want to agree on is totally dependent on your faith. Let's also begin to look at, as we begin to bring this very particular word to a close, what else again do you need to do? Point number five, pray yourself into your destiny. Pray yourself into your destiny. You see, when you shut, when you shut, I think point number one I mentioned, I say shut the door. Point number two, I say shut your mouth. Point number three, locate what is written. Point number four, have someone that you can partner with in terms of prayer. But point number five, after you've done all that very particular thing, and now your mind is at rest, like we say in Platform Church, living the rested life, now you need to now pray your reality. If you notice, I'm not saying pray to God to do. No, you are praying to manifest the glory, to manifest the Christ nature that is on the inside of you. See, everything that you ever need, I keep saying this, if this is all you remember on this very particular teaching, I promise you my job is done. Everything that you will ever need has been given. It is sitting on the inside of you. When you now pray, you pray and you are meditating. You are pulling God's counsel, God's wisdom, God's understanding and God's power. By the time you begin to awaken your spirit man to that reality, you now begin to see possibility happen for you. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says, pray without season. In lockdown, you say you cannot pray. This is the period you need to pray. Because what I like, you know, I said it on my Facebook, I say, after all the stages is over, what stage are we going to find you? It's a question that you need to ask yourself. What stage are we going to find you? And a final point at this very particular moment, take actionable step of faith. Take actionable step of it. Oh yes, that very particular business in which you want to do, that very particular career, whatever thing in which you are believing God for. Now you've shut the door. You've shut your mouth. You are trying, you see, with everything in which we're saying, we're trying for you to see that you don't really need more. 
You just need less. When you remove worries, remove anxiety, remove unbelief, remove all the things that you know that you are hearing that is causing your pain, and you are waking to the fullness of the Christ that is resting on you bodily form, oh, trust me, you will now take you, your boldness for you to go and engage the world will be a wonder. And trust me, until you begin to take that step of faith by going to engage, that's where your power lies. See, let me say this to you. Faith sees, faith hears, and faith talks. If you've seen what you want to achieve, why don't you begin to say it? And since you are now saying it, it is time to take action. Take action towards that very particular thing you want to do. I believe that this very particular message, as I begin to bring this very particular word to a close, I want you to understand this, that when it comes to the issue of living the rested life, your part also needs to be played in it. And I know you are listening to me this moment and you are saying to yourself, Pastor, I hear you. I want to enjoy this very particular thing, but I don't know how to. I'm, I'm not born again. I hear this very particular thing. He said it's sitting on the inside of the people who are born again. But I want to be born again also so that I, I will be able to enjoy this seated benefit. I want to lead it to Christ. See, let me say this to you. The moment you confess Jesus as a Lord and personal Savior, everything that I've been saying, the possibilities that lies in you, where the, 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 the less of the conversations that you need to have and the, where your faith becomes alive, becomes a reality for you I want to lead it to Christ I want you to say this after me and to say Lord Jesus come into my heart I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior be my God I believe that your son died for me and he was buried and he is living in heaven thank you father for the gift of salvation I received the gift thank you Lord in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've just said that very particular prayer, trust me, God is now resting on the inside of you. And I want to say to you, welcome to the family of God. And as we as platform says also, welcome to the family of rest. God wants you rested. He wants you to be able to enjoy all the possibilities that he has made available for you. But until you begin to talk less, Reduce the anxiety, reduce the fear, reduce the worry, do it with the belief, and begin to pull out all that God has for you. Then you'll begin to understand. You see, I will not be able to end this very particular message by saying, I'm believing God for you to say that as you're about to go into this very particular week, I decree that the blessings of God will rest upon you. The blessings that make it rich and add no sorrow. The understanding in which you need for you to, to, to engage that very particular world, to engage your world with confidence and boldness. I pray that is released upon your life in the name of Jesus. I decree over your mind that your mind is the mind of Christ. I pray for everyone currently watching me. I decree over your life that whatever you touch today, as you take the bold step of engaging the faith and practicing what have been said today, I decree that you are awakened to the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I bless your week. I bless your week. I bless your week. In the name of Jesus, go and prosper. That's all we have for today. But be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.